morning and welcome to Shouts of Grace. This morning we are continuing our study in the book of Philippians and we are going to be getting into Philippians chapter 4 today. So uh, starting our last leg of the book of Philippians, I hope that you've enjoyed this study so far. I've gotten some great positive feedback through it and I'm always excited to hear when God's word goes out and it changes lives, because it's not about the messenger, it is about the message. That is the the, the thing that is of utmost importance, that you are connecting yourself to the grace of God, which means you're connecting yourself to the Word of God, that you are able to go and to accomplish what God has called you to do. That is my hope. That is my my goal with Shouts of Grace, is not that you would remember who I am, but that you would hear the Word of God, receive the Word of God, and therefore receive the grace of God, and complete the good works that God has given to you, that He's prepared for you to walk in. And I, I just hope that you are, are getting that through Shouts of Grace. Uh, and if you are, you, you know, just... Go ahead and and let me know in a comment or when you see me or or, or don't. That's fine, too. But we're going to get into Philippians chapter 4 today. But, but one thing I do want you to do is to let me know what, what kind of a podcast uh, that you like. We've, we've done different ones, whether that's like through Psalm 23, which is taking a chapter uh, and breaking it down a verse at a time, or this through uh, Philippians, which has been taking a book. And we haven't gone verse by verse, but uh, we've gone pretty chronologically, or or at least uh, not chronologically, but we've gone uh, we've gone pretty much systematically here through the book of Philippians. Um, another one was uh, Christ our Healer, where we looked at that idea of the concept of healing. And if there's a certain type that you like, let, let me know. That doesn't mean that I'm going to do that. Uh, but it's it's really good um, just simply to know uh, what everybody likes. And uh, just a a kind of a game plan moving forward. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say this, and I'll probably say it here a few more times. But I'm going to be taking a break at the uh, the beginning of October. Uh, we're going to be going on vacation, and so I'm not going to be able to put any out, so I figured that'd be a good time to take a break at uh, that point in time. Um, but from here th- through now and the rest of September, we're going to be finishing up the book of Philippians, and then my goal is to get into a little bit of doctrine um, that has to do with uh, medical freedom, has to do with vaccines, has to do with um, masking, has to do with really COVID, because I can uh, see where there seems to be an agenda starting to push once again for COVID, and I think this is really important. I don't think a lot of people talk about the theology of it. They might go and list their positions, but not really the why from Scripture. And so I'm going to do a little bit um, on that and hopefully build your theology on that in order that you might be able to defend your position that you hold and stand on the Word of God so that somebody asks you why you're doing what you're doing or why you're not doing what you're doing, uh, that you'll be able to give an answer. But anyway, let's get into Philippians chapter 4 today. It says, Therefore, my beloved and longed for brethren, my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, beloved. I implore Iodia and I implore Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord. And I urge you also, true companion, help these women who have labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also and the rest of my fellow workers, whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. 
rejoice. Let your gentleness be made known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and mind through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you have learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again. Though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever stead I am to be content. I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Nevertheless, you have done well that you shared in my distress. Now you, Philippians, know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. For even in Thessalonica, you sent aid once and again for my necessities. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit to abound to your account. Indeed, I have all and abound. I am full, having received from Epaphroditus the things sent from you, a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God, and my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brethren who are with me greet you. All the saints greet you, but especially those who are in Caesar's household. The grace of our Lord Jesus be with you all. Amen. Now, this morning, we're going to be uh, focusing in here on verses 1 through 3, and we see a disagreement within the church in Philippi, which is really interesting. But like I, I mentioned at the very beginning of this study, throughout the book of Philippians, you can see where this really has a lot to do. This book has a lot to do with your interactions with those inside the body of Christ. And this is perhaps the pinnacle of seeing that in the book of Philippians— uh, Philippians chapter 4, uh, in verses 1 through 3, with these two ladies, Syntychia and Eodia. And this is, this is what it says here in verses 1 through 3. It says, Therefore, my beloved and long-for brethren, my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, beloved. I implore Eodia and I implore Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord. And I urge you also, true companion, help these women who labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. And the first thing that I want us to understand and to see is that inside of churches, even inside of really good churches like the church in Philippi, I mean, this was a, a very strong, very vibrant church, and yet there is still at times discord. There is still at times when people get disgruntled with one another. There are still times when people end up butting heads. The reality of it is, is that if you get involved in church, you are going to butt heads with somebody, probably more than one somebody's. 
It's the reality of of life. It's the 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 nature of uh, of doing things with others is that you are going to go into butt heads with someone else. And that's the reality of it. There's going to be times when you look out and you're going to say, man, I disagree with that person. And that person is going to say, man, I disagree with you. There are going to be times when you look out and you say, oh my goodness, that person just grates on me. I cannot stand that person. For me, it's often when I look in the mirror. That's that's when I, I look at that person. I say, man, that guy is annoying right there who's looking back at me. But But the reality of it is and the truth of it is, is that because God calls people from all different facets of life because God calls different people, not just from different areas of life, but from different mindsets and there's different maturity levels. And all of these things, we are going to come together and there is going to be once in a while a butting of heads. And this is what happened with Eodia and Syntyche. They did not get along. It doesn't tell us exactly what happened here. It doesn't tell us that, you know, one said that, man, I, I wanted the carpet to be green. And the other one said, I wanted the carpet to be pink. You, you know, it didn't it didn't go and say that it didn't it, it didn't go and say, oh, my goodness, here Eodia came and, and she uh, she accidentally, um, you know, sat in Syntyche's pew. You know, we, we we don't see what the uh, what the conflict was about. In this chapter. But we can see that there is a conflict here. We can see that there is a conflict here, but I want you to realize that when there is a conflict within the body of Christ, there's a couple things that are really important to understand. One is that the Apostle Paul comes out and he says, I implore these two ladies to be of the same mind in the Lord. So the first thing is, is that there needs to be a resolve to the conflict. So many times people want to go and to let conflict fester. They want to go and to sweep things up under the rug. And when they do that, things get festering and, and there's a lot of sweeping under the rug. And what ends up happening is that it ends up being a really big, bad problem, one that is much worse than what it ever needed to be. And then oftentimes people start bringing and dragging in their friends and, and everything like that. And then you have two factions in a church and, and it is a big, major problem of disgruntled, discorded people. Don't do that. We see something that is true right here. Get the problem fixed. Get the conflict taken care of. Go take care of it. I implore Iodia. I implore Syntyche, be of the same mind in the Lord. And then there we see the blueprint. This is ultimately how we get over the conflicts. Get over yourself and agree with God. And when two people get over themselves, each one of them, and they get over each other and they say, I'm going to agree with God, what happens? Well, now they're of the same mind and the conflict is past. The conflict is resolved. But there's some other things we can see here. Because the Apostle Paul doesn't just leave us with that in verse 2. He also says this in, in, in verse 3. And I urge you also, true companion, this is a, another uh, person within the church, somebody who has served with the Apostle Paul quite apparently. He says, help these women who labored with me in the gospel 
with Clement also and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. So the Apostle Paul goes and says, look, it's not just that you two ladies need to go and to get over yourselves, get over each other, and you need to go into find the mind of Christ and agree with Christ, but you need somebody else to come in, step in, and help you, and help you. And this is, this is to make sure that everybody is actually truly getting on the same page. They're going and submitting to this person who has served in the Lord. They're going and saying, look, I'm going to submit to this person, submit to this person's judgment, and I'm going to go and to agree with what God is saying here in the Word of God, and then agreeing with God's person who's appointed over us so that we can get this conflict taken care of, which also takes humility in order to do this. It really does. It takes humility in order to do this. And so this is what the Apostle Paul is saying. Go and agree with God. First of all, take care of the problem. Agree with God and humble yourself. Take care of the problem. Agree with God and humble yourself. And that's important. Now, I want you to see this because this is also very important to realize. Iodia Sintiki and this true companion, they all labored in the gospel. They all were people who served. They all were people who the Apostle Paul said, look, I know their names are written in the book of life. I know they're saved. And why is this important to point out? There's two reasons. One is that you understand that even mature Christians can get their nose bent out of joint. You, you need to be on guard of this no matter where you are in your spiritual walk. No matter if you've been a Christian for 50 years or for five seconds, you need to go and to be on guard of this and understand you can get your nose out of joint. You can become disgruntled. You can become part of the discord within a church if you're not careful. The second thing why this is important to go and to realize is not just the concept that you can, no matter where you are in your maturity, go and get discorded, but it's also to understand here that just because you view somebody as mature doesn't mean that they're always right. Because one of the things that I've seen so many times uh, in my life is somebody who is mature, but they end up getting their nose bent out of joint, and then they go to a younger Christian, somebody who looks up to them, and probably rightly so, and they go and they get them on their side, and all of a sudden here they're creating a faction. You see, when, when somebody brings an accusation against a brother in Christ, you need to take it serious. And number one, you need to make sure it's not gossip. Number two, you need to take it serious and you need to go find out and investigate what's going on. Because here you see the Apostle Paul doesn't go and say, look, Eodia's right, Syntyche, you're wrong. He doesn't go and say, Syntyche's right, Eodia, you're wrong. No, what he goes and he says is, I implore you and I implore you, you both need to get on the right page with Christ. And yes, I know that you have both labored with me in the gospel, but you're both wrong, 
and you need to get on the right page. He wasn't going and playing this game of playing politics inside the church, but rather he was going and speaking to these people and saying, look, your job is unity, and you need to find somebody that you're going to submit to, and you guys need to get on the same page, which that means you both need to get over yourselves and each other, and you need to agree with the mind of Christ. God takes unity extremely serious. It is something that is very important to God, specifically within his house. And so you need to strive to keep that unity, and true unity is always in agreement with God. It's never in agreement with sin or the devil or the world, but it is in agreement with God. But when a problem arises between you and someone else, specifically within the house of God, you need to go take care of it. Well, thank you for listening today, and remember Joshua 1, 8, and 9 as we depart. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. We've all had to wrestle, and we pray cause it's all we can do. And while we trust in Jesus, sometimes he leaves us waiting for his hand to move. Oh, but even in darkness, we hold to the promise. There's nothing we can't overcome. So that world.